Welcome to Get This Shit, a podcast where two slightly older women um, talk about older. funny things. Oldish. Old. Oldish. All right. I'll take <laughs> They think they're funny. Um, I'm Kaylee. <laughs> I'm Cassie. And I'm doing a terrible job at introduction, but I'm going to continue with it anyways. Today... <laughs> We have a special guest with us. It is somebody you all may recognize if you are listeners of our many, many episodes. Uh, Cassie's husband, Sam. Welcome, Sam. Hello. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hi, Samuel. And you? Uh, You're saying hi to the man you see every single day. I know. Yeah, but every single day is a gift. Oh, Oh, good. Oh, my. Men in general, not because of me. Uh, yeah, sure. uh, in general. As I quickly save that expertly. <laughs> sure. Sure. Expertly dodged. I love it. Cassie and I decided to be a little lazy this time around. No, I think Sam came to our rescue, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sam, were you on episode 10? Uh, yeah, it was, I think it was 10 or 11. I forget. But. Okay, so we're going to have you on about every 10 episodes. Oh Be prepared. God. Yes, I love that. It I love that idea. Uh, it lets us me. not do I anything. I have a lot of shit to talk about. You do. You do have quite the shit to talk about. Uh, what do you have to talk about? Like, what's been going on with you? Uh, well, Since I we just, last spoke. just recently completed my apprenticeship for my union construction job. Yay! So Go, Sammy. Because of COVID, I haven't technically... technically on schedule, been sworn in as a journeyman or gotten my uh, journeyman status yet, but I got the pay bump. So oh, that's uh, the important me. part, so right? That's, yeah, that's mostly the important part. But uh, that'll be He's happening a nice this part. Friday. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. Not, no, not this Friday. Next Friday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. July yeah, yeah. 9th. But yes. Yeah. Right on. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So there's no uh, there's no walk across the stage or turning uh, no. a tassel or anything. <laughs> not quite. Uh, I should be getting my uh, diploma in the mail relatively soon. Yeah. Can we frame it in like a blinged out frame? <laughs> oh my gosh. Sure. A dazzled frame? <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, I feel like if it's not made of cheap plastic, it's not made for an associate's degree. So Hilarious. <laughs> we'll go to the finest Dollar Tree in the neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> I was at least going to say like Michael's. Or Dollar General. You're making that we big money. The Dolgen, yeah. We won't tree yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah. We'll go to Dollar General Family Dollar, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Family Dollar. Maybe a the real treasures are. Whole dollar. Yes. Cookie. That's hysterical. Well, Kaylee, what's been going on with you, my dude? Girl, not a whole lot. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> not, no, not really. It's, it's awfully sad. Uh, let's see. I did the Father's Day thing because I was working the Sunday Father's Day, which Ooh. weirdly we were busy. I was like, "What dad wants to go out furniture furniture shopping?" shopping? Apparently, what, dad's picking out a new Lazy Boy recliner. First of all, we all have Lazy mm. Boys. Oh. Second of all, I shut. I was gonna try to do a Scandinavian like Lazy Boy accent, but I got nothing. I know. <laughs> I went straight yeah. to German. I was. Uh, yes, a German I was about to go down lazy boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lazy boy, yeah. Lazy boy, yeah. I'm now going to start saying that around work. <laughs> Just see. Lazy boy, yeah. Yeah, it's cool, yeah, with the lazy cool. boy. It's got the recliner where you can prop your feet up and look That's all cool. Good. Look all cool like man. 
Oh my god! Your well, new I, I started going Jamaican. Ooh shit! Yeah, you're, I gotta, you're mixing a little bit. I gotta tighten these up. You do. You need to practice a little bit more. <laughs> she just celebrates <laughs> diversity in every single performance. In every she single doesn't pigeonhole no, herself into she's one. So accent. ADHD, she can't keep them straight <laughs> in the brain. They just, yeah. they just fire off randomly. They just slowly morph into like you're not. Different Simpson characters in my head. Voices talking. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. Yes, it's different voices. That's what makes us great for podcasting. (laughs) So back to Father's Day. I did a whole, not a whole lot for Dad, but he's a very simple man. He's very easy to please. Jim. Uh, When they got back from their vacation in Gatlinburg, which they celebrated (sighs) for their anniversary for their thirty ninth. Um. Little Airbnb down there. Mom texted me and she said, "Did you get your dad a new phone?" And I'm like, "Well, the 73 year old man has a flip phone. No, I'm not going <laughs> to oh invest God. in getting a new phone for him." She said, "Well, one came in the mail. Sounded like what? a scam to me. Yeah, right? for sure, like, legitimate scam. Like, who gets free phones in the mail? Nobody. Nobody. It's as common as when they suggest an after school special that someone's going to offer you weed. That never happens. Yes, never uh, once. I, there's <laughs> never not a lot." So it turns out it was not a scam. <laughs> Had to go into AT&T because dad's phone was so out of date that when it switches over to 5G, the phone wouldn't work anymore. Oh, my God. So they finally gave up with that man actually going to upgrade his phone and sent him a free <laughs> flip phone in the mail. A fancier a fan- flip phone? fancier flip phone, oh which is God. larger. So thankfully, they're thinking about that. And this little kid in the AT&T store said, yeah, my grandpa is 71 and uses that flip phone over there. And I'm like, well, fuck you. My father is 73. Oh, my God. And uses this flip phone. I was like, man, I felt old. Damn. So to top off the old feeling, we went and had old people breakfast. Hell yeah. You know, those breakfast places that just always filled with 73-year-old people. Yes, all the time. They know him by name. Oh, my God. Really? Uh, Oh, yeah. They do. I love that. They even asked where mom was. Oh, yeah. adorable. Uh, so we did that. And then, of course, I mowed because that's what I do every You're time. You're a good daughter. There. I know. Somehow I burnt my just one leg. What? Yeah. It Mowing? Was, it was from driving. Oh, Jesus I, Christ. Yeah. Just one leg was sunburnt on the top. That's hilarious. The top of the thigh. Yeah. It was gorgeous. You alabaster princess. You. I am. Thank you. You should <laughs> mow at night. Just so that doesn't Shut happen. Though. Oh my God! No moon burn. Moon burns real. Uh, yes, and also people in that neighborhood—they got to deal with the HOA, right? It's like the mob. You don't want to cross. You them. have a glowing figure in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> the new cryptid. <laughs> the newest cryptid. I don't have a whole lot else going on. We saw a terrible movie. Uh, oh yeah, it, interested in a very B-rated movie. It's called Awake. Awake. Yes. So the whole premise is, and I can give it away to you because we even tried to watch it and was like, okay, what's going to be the big ending? It was not surprised. Don't do it. Don't do it. So the basic premise is there is a solar flare or something. Oh. And all the batteries, like all electricity, goes out. Oh. So cars that now run on like chips 
they're not working. Nobody gotcha. has a power. Nobody has any power. Like a massive EMP pulse. Exactly. Yes. Oh, Lord. Yes, that's exactly it. So, and then nobody can sleep. Nobody can sleep. It's very strange. And when you don't sleep, very bad things happen to you. Yeah, for sure. Very, very bad things. Mm-hmm. And eventually you die if you don't sleep. So literally no one can sleep no matter what drugs they end up giving <sighs> people, everything. What? So, yeah. Like even if they That's, rub one out? It has, oh exactly. my God. Yes. Even okay. if they rub one out. All right. It has a good premise, but man, that was, it was a rough movie to get through. You just kept going, get to the end. I know how this is going to end, but prove me wrong, man. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise me. Prove me. No, I was right. That sounds like a really good premise of a movie, though. I would watch it that. It sounds like a very good premise. But it's. They didn't execute it. No, right well. good. I know. It happened. Anybody of note in no. there? Okay. No. No. Some friends in his backyard. <laughs> didn't even have Dave Batista to try and save uh-uh. him. <laughs> no, <laughs> that movie was also terrible. Oh my god, that's funny. Dude. What about you, sis? What you got? Well, let me see here. I took my first trip outside of my house. What do I want to say? My first overnight. And oh, and something that isn't like your little princess in the piece. Yes, my yeah. princess in the piece situation. But make no mistake, um, I took eight pillows with me. Oh, I believe you did. Mm-hmm. And how many more pillows did you use when you got there? Just two. Just two. And one was a half pillow, so one oh. and a half. Okay. Still I slept on a day bed, like a trundle bed. Ooh. Oh, oof. It wasn't too bad, to be honest. Yeah. That can be rough on a normal like, Yeah, back. correct. I'm just sensitive. It doesn't matter. I'm bruised like a peach. Same. Same. Yeah, but... So where did you end up going? I went to my aunt's. Okay. Uh, her name is Mary Jo, but Mojo. we call her Mojo. Mojo! 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 She is just the best, and my mom and I, she kidnapped me, and Good. we went down there. The ride, it was about two and a half hours. It was fine. Easy breezy. No big deal. Didn't hurt or anything. I was a little stiff when I got out of the car. I walked sure. around probably twice. We probably stopped twice, but once well, yeah, I got there, you always have to pee. Oh yeah, I do all the time, all the time. Anyway, uh, once we got there, we just hung out and chatted. You know, it's been over a year because COVID and all of this, and it was just really nice to catch up and see everybody. Got I got to, to swim. Yep. That was wonderful. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. She sent me that Snapchat. And <laughs> I was leaving work in 200 degree weather with <laughs> 90% humidity and sent her one flipping her off. Yeah. And she was like, I hate you. And I said, hey, I have been locked up for three months. True. She said, fair enough. <laughs> I begrudgingly was like, all right, you can have it. But... Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. I wrapped two noodles around myself, and then I just floated in the deep end and let my legs dangle, and I could feel my vertebrae just beep, 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 stretching out. All right, so you officially need a pool. I know, right? I just need a dunk tank. Just a dunk (laughs) tank? Yeah, just so I can float there. Just a little cylindrical. I, I think we can do that. I love it. 
It would feel wonderful. Or just dig a really big hole in the backyard. And yes. Water and you can just go go to town. Thank you. I, and do a mud <laughs> bath as well. Perfect. It's Ew. good for your skin, I hear. It is. It Ew. is. What else? Um, I... Uh, uh, my mother introduced me to a couple of shows this weekend. Do tell. And I really liked them, and I think that you'll love them. So the first one is called Flack, and it's on Amazon. It is Anna Paquin's in it. Okay. It's in, uh, I believe, London. Not entirely sure of the exact location right now because of where I am in the story. Anyway. She works for a firm, Anna Paquin does, and they are basically celebrity handlers. Oh, my God. Yes. So it is hysterical. It's insane. And she is not right <laughs> either. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. There, right. uh, it's definitely uh, not a show for the faint-hearted. There is drug usage and... Lots of cursing, and there was uh, butts like the very first episode. Uh, yes. All yes. that. Okay. So. so, like HBO. Yeah. Okay. Yep. HBO ish on Amazon Prime. Uh, so, definitely try and watch that. But the one that I really know that you'll like, okay. my dad showed me. Oh, boy. On Hulu. It's called The Motherland, Fort uh. Salem. Okay. So, you know the Salem Witch Trials, right? Mm -hmm. Basically, what it's about is instead of killing the witches and things like that, they embraced the witches and made a contract where the witches form a part of the military. They're a part of the army. Okay. So they have a boarding school and uh, they have something called war school and different things like that. But it shows three plus people, teenagers, that show up to school. Okay. And it just explains how they uh, awaken their powers and use them and then get better. It's really like it seems very pagan magic to me. Okay. They use a lot of runes and things like that, but they also use vocal tones oh. to uh, awake their magic. Interesting. So almost they sing it to life, but they use subharmonic, not subharmonic, but sub. Oh, it's sub gone. Subsonic? Like below mm. the range of yeah, the that one. Uh huh. Yes, they use those kind of tones as well. It's Gets super the, okay. cool to awaken the seeds of magic, different seeds of magic, like the okay. seed of deception, the seed of happiness. And gotcha. Yeah. Right. So are they singing? Uh, no, kinda it's like, just more of like like a chance kind of maybe. Okay, it's just tones. I gotcha. Okay. And it's it's not focused on like it's not a musical. Okay, so, so there. I was I was picturing <laughs> Salem the musical. Which is the musical? No, it's Salem the musical. <laughs> yes. That's what I was picturing. All right. No, 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 no. It's definitely a. It's cooler than that. Right. Cooler. Than that. Shut up. That sounds uh, pretty cool. They're ASMR witches, is what they are. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Oh my god! I think we just found a new ASMR that we need to market. Uh, uh, ASMR for witches. Yes. <laughs> Which like, ASMR? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. 
we, this is my cauldron bubbling. And- <laughs> oh my god! Do you know how much money we could fucking make? Oh my god! You should do that, like, and have. Am it I on. a good bubbling you cauldron? Are, you are <laughs> a pretty good bubbling cauldron. Thank you. <laughs> no, I was thinking. You know how at Christmas time on Netflix you can have like the the fireplace yes, crackling, the crackling fire, yes. like for Halloween, just have. Have like a bubbling cauldron. Oh my god! And then like every so often you hear the sound of like something stirring inside of it, or something being dropped in, and you know, maybe a random well, okay, cat in Cassie, the background. Stop! Stop stirring the macaroni. You're done. It's not coming off like a Little cauldron anymore. No. Well, she 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 expresses what she knows. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I was trying to. Stirring I would love to be a foley artist. That that's my my big dream. Magic Kool Aid. Magic Kool Aid. No foley artist. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sounds for movies, not or whatever or ASMR. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't know. I can barely stand my voice on this podcast. I don't think that anyone <laughs> would want anything to do with me for ASMR. And yet we continue through. <laughs> There's a couple of people who stand well, it enough. You, like, it, don't you have to whisper for ASMR? Like, oh, I don't, yeah, like, that's where you can fail. Can you do I that? I don't know. <laughs> do they have ASMR for, like, semi-deaf people? <laughs> Because then if she talks in like her her quote unquote A- whisper voice that everyone can hear, uh, then it sounds like it. ASMR for grandmas where they just they turn their oh hearing my god aid off all the way yes. down and yeah. then Cassie's speaking voice is ASMR for yes. that. Perfect, okay. wonderful. We I found your it. niche for the hard of hearing. Alrighty, well, like we said, we have Sam here today. And uh, Kaylee and I are just going to sit back and let Sam run tell the us class. A, yeah, run the class. Teach us something, Sam. All right. So today, we children, uh, we are. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. Uh, we're going to be talking about James Cleveland Owens, also more known as Jesse Owens. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So, Jesse Owens was a prominent track figure who uh, mm-hmm. took the world by storm in his performance in the 1936 Olympics. And 1936. We'll get... Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1936. <laughs> <laughs> it was Can after... you write it in my hand for After me? the 20s. Yes, Bel- after the be- 20s. Before. But before the 40s. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. She's caught up. Right. <laughs> So I mean, we'll we'll get to the Olympics, but uh, so starting off, uh, no, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Never. So James Cleveland Owens was born on September twelfth of nineteen thirteen, the day before, day a before really you. good day. You mean day after? Before, before. I'm the September thirteenth. Gotcha. I thought you were making a nine eleven joke. God Jesus damn, Christ. Sam! No, this I'm is more a family than show. That. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, he was born in September twelfth, nineteen thirteen, to uh, Henry Cleveland Owens and Mary Emma Owens, whose uh, maiden name was Mary Emma Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. 
Yes, he was one of ten children. Woo! He was number seven in Damn the Catholics. line. Oh my god! Damn Catholics. So he had six brothers and three sisters. His wow. grandfather was a slave. Uh, oh, and his father, when he was born, was a sharecropper. So, for if you guys don't know what sharecropping is, so I feel like it's not as fair as it it pretends to sound like. Yeah. So, I mean, sharecropping has a long history. It was used in uh, like Scotland and Ireland, and also was used in Africa. And I believe there are parts of like India that still use it today. We used it mostly in the South after the Civil War because the South, you know, had a lot of battle damage and, sure. and mm-hmm. was especially with like Sherman's March to the Sea and things like that. It was definitely was very war torn and needed to be rebuilt. And, and people, people needed fed. Yeah. And well, and the people also, you know, lost. And when they did, they no longer had the option of slavery to rebuild it with sure. free labor. Right. Before the Civil War, people argued that even though slavery was wrong, it should be phased out in some sort of way. Because if you just yank the plug, it's going to destabilize the entire economy of the South. Gotcha. Which then you add war on top of that. Kind of did. So one of the ways that they tried to recoup was uh, sharecropping. So you had farmers who owned this land and were returning to it or or trying to repair the damage, and they didn't have enough money to really pay anybody, especially not like a living wage. And then you had former slaves who... Needed jobs? Yeah, exactly. They had the ability to perform the work, and you know, but they didn't have any land or any assets of their own to recultivate the southern states. Because, I mean, obviously reparations weren't given after the war. Yeah. So sharecropping came about. So there was two major types. You had centralized and decentralized. Decentralized was more of like what you see in Grapes of Wrath. But more in the South, it was based more around cotton. Mm -hmm. Because that was the most monetarily stable and sound crop. Which led to more stable work and stable relationships, but unfortunately, it also could lead to exploitation. Yeah, no, <laughs> because the system was based no. on crop liens, where uh, essentially crop liens. Yes, uh, L E I N S. I was yes. like croplings. <laughs> <laughs> you mean babies? Babies yeah. and little croplings. So the like croplings are where. Farmers and merchants would extend credit throughout the year to the sharecroppers, and they would use the year-end's crop as collateral. Oh, Um, okay. Oh, okay. So, like, the sharecroppers would work the land for the farmers and say if they needed tools or if any other expenses came up, they could go to the farmer and say, hey, I need this, and... The farmer okay. or or the or merchants or merchant farmers what have you would be like okay we can give that to you on credit but it's gonna come out of your cut at the end of the at year the end of the when year. harvest okay. comes right so which kind of leaves them like the sharecroppers they don't exactly have a lot of leverage and sure so, <laughs> yeah you know it's a line of credit they extended they also had to pay interest on it you also had 
unpredictable harvests. Back yeah. then, you didn't have like Monsanto and Dow Agricultural where they're doing selective breeding to create stable crops and stable yields. Sure. Right. They were literally looking off to the distance, going, oh, it looks like it's going to rain. Like, I right. Mean. And you also had different effects of the soil mm-hmm. you know in different areas and once something got sick or ruined like exactly I, you just couldn't use it anymore right. because it just kept getting like what terrible. happened to the bananas yes <laughs> yes so yeah so high interest rates you also had unscrupulous practices where people were just kept under thumb yeah um, no way it wasn't fair yeah. Well, and the thing is, it doesn't sound like us. When what sometimes happened with people was, okay, you ended up, say, racking up $600 in extra expenses, and the crop is bad, and your cut only amounts to $400. Well, now you still owe $200, so now you have to work there again next year. Oh, I see. And try okay. to hope that you make it out ahead. And sure. all you got to do if you're the person with the leverage or the land or selling the tools or supplies, all you have to do is make sure that that keeps snowballing and your profits and work will continue and go on. So a lot of people definitely were exploited by sharecropping. There were some very fair farmers and and people working in the system to try to create a very symbiotic relationship there definitely was but the system was definitely open for exploitation yeah i mean i like to think that there was somebody good out there yeah Yeah. oh there gotta be some some good people yeah i mean people are people everywhere and always have been throughout history so i mean you've really changed a whole lot over time (laughs) right so, yeah, they left the South and moved to Ohio because his dad wanted to leave sharecropping and start working in a steel mill in Ohio. Oh. And when they did, Jesse was nine, and this was technically part of the Great Migration. So the Great Migration oh. is uh, a period from, technically, it's from 1916 to 1970. Wow. Uh, where a total of s- over six and a half million uh, African-American people migrated, quote unquote, from the southern states to the northern states wow. in pursuit of a better life or opportunities. It was divided into two sections where in 1916 to 1940 is called the first migration, where only 1.6 million people went and in between nineteen forty and nineteen seventy you had about five million moving but you also had yeah I mean there was also other uh, factors one I mean the you're talking about in between the first and second world wars so I mean you have less economic boom and capability like buying power in the household to be able to afford such moves especially in the same country and then after in the second migration, 1940 to 1970, you also have to think about the civil rights era. You right. also have to, and which would be a motivation to move. You have to, you For know, sure. especially yeah. when segregation and violence, you know, really Ugh. started ramping yeah. up during that period of time. People were like, nope, we're getting out of Dodge. Huh. So that's, that's a lot where the second migration came from. But they were part of the first one. The steel mill 
didn't uh, necessarily pan out as well as oh. his father was expecting. So as a child, Jesse had to uh, work jobs. Mm. Yeah, uh, he worked. I at, mean, like, who didn't, though, like back then? Yeah. I mean, if you weren't working by like 10, you're kind of spoiled, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, child labor was definitely a normal thing. Uh, it wasn't officially outlawed, I believe, until some of the legislation that came with the New Deal uh, from Franklin Roosevelt to get us out of the Great Depression. So, yeah, uh, Jesse Owens worked uh, jobs as a child. He delivered groceries. He would do work like helping mm. load rail cars. So Unload rail cars? Yeah, yeah I mean, Ooh. I'm sure like... Wait, like- the actual rail car or what's in the rail car? Or Yes, oh, he would load up rail cars yes. like with product. You uh, know? <laughs> That's not what he's I was just getting, like. He's just 10 years old lifting up yes. the entire rail car off he's, the other one. Yes, he's responsible for that. Yes, okay. <laughs> he uh, found out that he liked to run from place to place. Oh. Yeah. I he wish. Just... That doesn't look suspicious. <laughs> His first taste for track actually came in junior high at Fairmount Junior High School in oh. Ohio. Yeah, I got a taste for that. It was a bad taste. <laughs> you weren't a fan of track? Nope. His first track coach was Charles Riley. Charles Riley is also an interesting character because he grew up in Pennsylvania where he dropped out of high school and became uh, a miner and a mill worker. Later attended Temple University, and after graduating, got his job at Fairmount as a, a teacher slash coach. His salary paid so little that he had, you know, like any other teacher, had to work during the summer. Oh, yep, yeah. yep, they Weird. all still do that. <laughs> Things haven't changed. <laughs> So, yeah, so, like, he understood the grind, and he saw a lot of raw talent in Jesse. Kind of really took him under his wing. Yeah, like, he held extra practice sessions for Jesse in the morning instead of after school in the afternoons because he didn't want to interfere with Jesse's after-school jobs. He also, like, invited him to his home from time to time, and... One of the ways that he trained him is he took him to a racetrack and had Jesse observe horses racing. Oh. And he... You're going to want to run fast like these horses. <laughs> but not in the same way of that they're running. Because then you just see him on all fours trying to run down the track. Oh, no. Jesse Owens, original horse boy. So, yeah. No, <laughs> horse boy. He essentially told him to run like the track was on fire. I oh. think that he, the Teach really just took him to the track because, you know, he's probably a betting man. <laughs> and he was like, we'll count this as practice. Right. And uh, we're going to go bet on some Come horses. on, hopes and dreams. Come on, hopes, hopes and, and dreams. dreams. <laughs> oh, no, I've, I've lost all my hopes and dreams. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, no, he told him to run like the track was on fire. So Jesse Owens, like the way that he ran, he tried to keep his feet on the ground for as short a time as possible. So, oh, wow. Um, his running style was different than the common running style at the time. And it's one oh. of the things that actually gave him an edge. 
I could. That's the, really cool. The track could actually be on fire, and I still probably wouldn't be running. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Kaylee's still not moving fast nope. enough whatsoever. <laughs> I'll go on a brisk walk, and that's about <laughs> as much as you're gonna get. So in junior high, when he competed in track, he cleared six feet in the high jump. Wow! Damn. Uh, and also twenty-two feet. 11 and three quarter inches in what was then called the running broad jump, which is now called long jump, which I don't feel like saying running broad jump a bunch. Uh, So I'm just going to call it the long jump from here on out. Is that Um, the thing with the stick? No, that's pole vault. Oh, okay. (laughs) Long (laughs) jump is just where you run and try to jump as far as you can. Oh, you jump in like sand, right? Yes. And then high jump is where they jump. They turn and jump with their back to the bar and launch themselves over the bar without the pole. Okay. I'm with you. But he cleared six feet on the high jump in junior high. Junior high. Yes. Couldn't do it. I couldn't do anything that cool in junior high. Yeah. So, I mean, he did well in junior high and and then he moved on to high school. In high school, he won pretty much every major track meet, including three (laughs) consecutive state championships. No big deal. (laughs) No big deal. No big deal. Uh, at a, uh, when he went to what would now be called like nationals, mm-hmm. uh, his senior year, he tied the hundred meter world record of nine point four seconds. Whoa! Yeah, and then a week before that, he set a new world record in long jump at twenty four feet eleven and three quarter inches. Twenty four feet. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. As a senior in high school. (laughs) Oh, my God. 24 feet would be, what, like a two-story house, maybe? Mm, I don't know. I'm trying to give it like a picture. Walk it out and see how far 24 feet would be. And uh, just be astounded by that That's a lot of walking. I'm not an Olympic medalist over here, okay? (laughs) So I'm going to need you to calm it down because it is... 200 degrees outside. You can. There's 24 feet inside your house. You can do it in the air condition. Y'all know that. <laughs> she doesn't have any straight shots. When you live in yeah, Harry a, a Potter's cupboard no, underneath I, I, the there's stairs. There's a whole bunch of angles yeah. going on, okay? <laughs> so uh, he was obviously looked at by a lot of colleges. He went with Ohio State, which I'm not entirely sure why, other than the fact that like his family was there. Sure. He also had a girlfriend who he met in junior high, who was pretty much his fiance at this point. Her name was Ruth, and they ended up getting married in 1935 while Jesse was at Ohio State. So I'm sure that he didn't want to uproot his life that he had so close by. Sure. But other than that, wasn't that great of a choice? They did not have a track scholarship at the time, so he had to work to support himself and Ruth. How did he not get a scholarship? They didn't have one at that school. Well, and even if they did, they probably didn't have it for track. And even if they did, they may not have given it to Jesse Owens because this is in the 1930s. I wonder if any of the others like offered him scholarships, but he chose to stay. 
Yeah, I tried yeah, to I tried to look that up. I wasn't. I mean, successful. Yeah, I'm not sure. Dan Carlining this. Yeah, so. right. No, we understand. We wouldn't either. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Ohio, even though it was in the northern state, I mean, still had some yeah, racist yeah, yeah. I tendencies. Feel you. I feel you. It was still segregated, which cool, was one cool, of the things cool. that made Charles Riley, his junior high track coach, so cool was the fact that he invited him into, into his home, even though that was not common practice. Oh, gotcha. Um, he had to work to support himself and Ruth. He was not permitted to live on campus like the other white athletes were. Yeah, breaking world records in high school. Yeah, but no, no, no. Uh, when mm. the team traveled, he had to eat in the colored sections of restaurants. I put my Jesus air quotes up because that's how wise. they referred to it, not how I refer to it. <laughs> uh, and he had to stay in hotels that accepted black people. So most of the time he was not with his team whenever they were traveling when he was competing in Ohio State. How was that and acceptable for the team? I don't... I don't understand that. You mean like they should have the very team mentality of if you're yes, going to be going through this. Yes, why is that acceptable for them? Be like, no, then we don't stay here. They weren't. It's probably I'm, more. They weren't raised that way. Uh, you know what I mean? That like, and too, like even if you realize in college that it's fucked up, like what what can you do about it? You know, say something. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's. Uh, you know, uh, no, I'm just tired. Sorry, that's my frustration with everything right now. Like, where we are as a society now. Like, just... Right. Sure. We wouldn't be here, and it wouldn't have taken so fucking long if someone would have just... If more people would open their mouths. Well, and... Correct. Yeah, and absolutely correct. But, I mean, if you're a hotel or a restaurant purveyor, you're going to lose a lot more clientele by allowing black people to stay there than you would excluding them because even if the college team believes in Jesse, there's going to be a lot of people who also use that hotel or restaurant who are going to be much more upset. Well, sure, but why not go patronize the hotel that allows your teammate there? Sure, yeah. Take your business elsewhere. Yeah, essentially use capitalism as a force for social change. Yes. Come at me. <laughs> and this was angry, Cassie Corner. Solving the yes. world's problems. Solving the world's problem from her 5,000 pillows. Manners police over here. So, Go yeah, ahead, he Sam. competed and at a Big Ten. Yeah, Big Ten was Ooh, a bad thing wow. back then. Damn. Yeah, uh, at a Big Ten track meet, he... as old as time. He tied a world record and set three new ones. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, he also did this after falling a few days previously, (gasps) and he still had a sore back. Same. He was also a freshman in college. Whoa! Oh, my God. And did all four of these events in the span of about 45 minutes. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, also not same. Not saying. <laughs> no, I just fell in my shower this morning. That's all. But you survived. I yeah, sure did. So yeah, all this led to the nineteen thirty six Olympics in Berlin. In Berlin? Yes, the nineteen thirty six. That in nineteen thirty six. Oh. 
Not oh, great. Yeah. yeah. I see some light bulbs clicking on right about now. <laughs> I was like, I bet that's really Kaylee's hamster no. really picked yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really hot out there, guys. Well, yes, and it's brain, funny because... brain don't work. That's heat so that's not really a good time to be holding the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, some NAACP members actually didn't want Jesse Owens to compete and wanted the U.S. to boycott the Olympics because um, of Germany's discrimination against minorities. Sure. I would have to agree with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for those who aren't aware, <laughs> Adolf Hitler was chancellor. He wasn't yet. He hadn't taken over the country mm-hmm. and declared himself Fuhrer yet. But he Mind did have a lot of propaganda rolling from his 1925 mm. book, Mein Kampf, and was heavily preaching the theories of racial hierarchies and racial superiorities, which crested at the Aryan race, which is classified as like Nordic Jews mm. who were, you know, mm-hmm. the blonde hair, blue eyed type of. <laughs> Cassie. <laughs> yes, she Cassie, you, you, <laughs> you perfectly exemplify. <laughs> do so good yeah but we're jewish i don't understand (laughs) so yeah there and it was classified as like the master race like they're the best of the best whatever i am not (laughs) (laughs) i'm a board template i fell in the shower i'm not superior (laughs) than anyone so yeah even though that was the climate in Germany, like people had, I mean, you have pre-Olympic news coverage and whatnot, mm-hmm. even back in the day of, you know, who were the major competitors in each events and what have you. So when Jesse Owens arrived in Germany, he actually, he had fans there of like, holy oh. shit, this dude can do amazing things. And oh, like, yeah. well, there was also a lot of young women chanting at his arrival going where's jesse where's jesse and interestingly enough the founder of adidas shoes what convinced jesse to wear some of his shoes while participating in the olympics which was the first sponsorship for an (gasps) african-american male athlete what that's baller that's awesome in the 1936 olympics which there's multiple documentaries and, you know, Drunk History tells about oh, yeah. it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't really go in too much detail on his Olympic run, but Owens won four gold medals. Nice. Uh, the 100-meter dash, the long jump, the 200-meter sprint, and the 4 by 100 meter relay. Oh, Wow. After he won the relay, which was the last event that he competed in, Hitler did not shake Owen's hand and was accused for not acknowledging him. But fucking <laughs> stupid mustache, my motherfucker. But even then, like Owens himself said, "quote Hitler had a certain time to arrive and leave the stadium, and he had to leave before the victory ceremony." Owens also said he passed by Hitler's box on the way to the broadcasting booth and Hitler waved to him and Owens waved back. So, I mean, not a, I mean, it would be very, very, not a full on snub. Yeah. I mean, Jesse Owens realized it would be very uncouth to snub the quote unquote man of the hour at that minute. So Hitler definitely waved at him. But at the same time, it's not like you want all these photographs taken during the victory ceremony. Right. Exactly. 
when Owens won his first event, the 100 meter, it wasn't like Jesse Owens was kicking the shit out of all the Germans in every event he competed in. He had just won one event. Hitler saluted him while he was on the, you know, podium and getting his gold medal for that. And Jesse Owens got to hear between 85 and 90,000 people cheering for him when he won. Because, I mean, one, he had fans, but also when Hitler salutes you cheer whether you agree exactly or not. they're, they're kind of told to do that <laughs> but so. still but hearing still, nice 90, yeah. people cheer when you win something i can only imagine that experience <laughs> i don't have the capacity to know what ninety thousand of anything is <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i agree with that i don't, I don't know picture what that number an is. outdoor metallica audience in like 1999 <laughs> oh my that'll God. give you a picture i don't know that i want to nope. picture that well you don't have to picture what it smells like <laughs> and also interesting note when he was in germany competing in the olympics he was allowed to stay and eat with everyone oh yeah, yeah. what the fuck <laughs> And you just broke Cassie. Congratulations. Mm. Oh, good. Because, you know, uh, don't uh, tense up for this accident. (laughs) Okay. You're going to want to stay loosey-goosey. When when Owens came back to the States, he was greeted by a Manhattan ticker tape parade, like in true Manhattan parade fashion. That's awesome. Yeah. Someone actually, like a fan actually threw a paper bag in the car that he was riding in and it had ten thousand dollars in it what can i go driving and somebody throw me ten thousand dollars right yeah he didn't medals motherfucker like jesse didn't understand what was going on like why someone would give him ten thousand dollars so he didn't even like touch or pick up the bag until like the parade was over and he was going to get out of the car. And he was like, wait, so <gasps> what is straight this? up, oh, so seriously for me. <laughs> oh, my God. That's phenomenal. Damn. Yeah. And then after the parade, there was reception for him at the famous New York Hotel, wow. the uh, Waldorf Astoria, uh, where he was not allowed to go in the main doors and had what? to go around back and use the freight elevator. What? Way to go, His America. own fucking party. Yep. Also, uh, FDR did not invite him to the White House. After Are you his... fucking kidding me? Road. Yeah. I mean, so I push sh- that man in a wheelchair. She's... I'm just kidding. Just about I mean, that, though. I will say the push, only push thing I can pond. think I of as a redeeming, not redeeming, but as a, uh, an excuse for FDR is the fact that this is 1936. He's trying to pull us out of the Great Depression. Kind of had a lot on his plate other than congratulating Olympics. at the same point in time, you know the Olympics were made such a big deal. Exactly. I'm sure he Did other Olympians go to the White House? Uh, I couldn't find anything on that. Once again, I didn't dig super hard. Suspicious. Yeah, no, I agree. It's suspicious. It's suspicious. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely bullshit that he didn't, especially when Jesse Owens, a person of color, kicked the shit out of the Germans who were preaching their master race shit. It takes five minutes for a photo op here. That's all you would have need to do. 
he can sit on your lap while you're in the wheelchair, oh stand behind oh it. God. Like somebody just has to roll Stay you Santa. into a spot for five minutes and then this kid has to stand beside you. That's it. Those I mean, things. yeah, I mean, and I totally agree is obviously bullshit. But I mean, FDR was nothing if not a deliberate politician. I mean, he definitely knew what he was doing because he's the only president that was ever elected to four terms. So, I mean, he understood how to work the system for right. sure. And you don't always do that by being the coolest, nicest guy. I'm fucking cool. <laughs> and you're not a politician. Exactly. You don't know that. <laughs> no, I do. I, I very much do. I'm the next Joe Exotic. Oh, my God. No. Uh, <laughs> so, so, after the Olympics, the team was invited to compete in sweden owens opted out of competing in sweden there's Uh, a lot of white people over there well i mean he just didn't like meatballs Uh, oh my god it's a little chilly no he opted out in order to try to capitalize on some endorsement offers back here in the states u.s athletic officials were uh were pissed what Uh, yeah because i mean oh it was kind of a thumb in the face and the I don't really care. I'm just at here for money is kind of how they perceived it. Whereas well, Jesse Owens was but, more like, I'm trying to get mine. I didn't get a scholarship. I couldn't live yes, on campus. So exactly. I had to pay for rent, support my family. And because of that, my you know I couldn't go to certain classes because they conflicted with my work. So it's not like he really got the educational tools to. Yeah. No, girl, I ain't mad at you. No. Nope, not at all. Right. So, I mean, the U.S. athletic officials were upset and they revoked his amateur status because he was getting endorsement deals, which, Mm. yeah, which ended his racing career because there's not like there's an NBA or NHL or NFL for track and field. So any minor purses is (laughs) any of, you know, the money he could have run or popularity he could have gained from competing as an amateur was no longer an option. He was also prohibited from making appearances at amateur sporting events. What? Even appearances? Yeah. I mean, to earn money, you know, for public appearances at, yeah. And I'm assuming whatever endorsement deals he did get were probably very Motown-esque and not very, uh, mm-hmm. not ve- actually cool. very good for him. Yeah. Um, because shortly after his return to the U.S., he uh, had to end up taking the same types of jobs as he did before, like gas station attendant or janitor. Oh, my God. Uh... I mean, he also did some promotional events where people like normal average Joes pay money to like try to race him and see how badly they would get beat. Uh, Today, these would be YouTubers. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Logan Logan Paul. Paul. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad you all (laughs) followed that train of thought there. Um, And then he also did like some promotional stunts where he would actually race horses. All right. Yeah, he would race against actual horses. He would normally win. What the fuck? (laughs) And he said it was because 
like a lot of times the horses were startled by like the starting gun because they weren't like uh, sure yeah because I'm sure whoever was hosting the promotional event I assume got Jesse Owens at a slight discount from you know top dollar celebrities so showing these up probably aren't race horses yeah they're not winning they're, the Kentucky Derby right, or anything they're normal I gotcha. no secretariat yeah, yeah exactly. not even they couldn't even get a sea biscuit no sea biscuit. In 1965, Owens was hired as a running coach for the spring training for the New York Mets baseball team. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was also running a dry cleaning business. I don't know if it was like a brick and mortar store, oh, but I'm my like- My great grandfather pl- ran a dry cleaning business. Yeah. And like well, my grandparents on my dad's side ran one like out of their basement oh, and whatnot. So. Was it the dry cleaning for the baseball team? Uh, <laughs> I don't think he was quite <laughs> double manager. That would be like good money. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. We got all of these grass stains we need to get out. <laughs> um, yeah. So he was the running coach, had a dry cleaning business, and also had a job as a gas station attendant. But uh, all of that still wasn't enough. He had to file bankruptcy. And then in 1966, he was successfully prosecuted for tax evasion. What? I mean, that was pretty much his lowest point there. And then I guess he got enough attention and the U.S. government stepped in and made him a goodwill ambassador. Good. Fucking, they owe him something. About (laughs) damn time. Yeah, he, you know, he would speak at, like, shareholder meetings at, like, Ford Motor Company, you know, as, like, a U.S. Goodwill ambassador to, like, foreign investors and things Mm. like that. Oh, I gotcha. Um, And would also, like, travel over the world and kind of tell his story and, like, just, like I said, Goodwill ambassador. Goodwill ambassador. Yeah. At the 1968 Olympics. Sprinters Tommy Smith and John Carlos raised the Black Power salute, which was Andy. a monumental thing. Owens did not approve, oh. saying, quote, The Black Fist is a meaningless symbol. When you open it, you have nothing but fingers, weak, empty fingers. The only time a Black Fist has significance is when there's money inside. Uh, That's where the ooh. power lies. Sassy. Okay. Now, at some point, he uh, changed his mind because in his okay. 1972 book, I Have Changed, uh, he's... Ah, <laughs> more obvious title, please. Okay. He says, quote, I realized now that militancy in the best sense of the word was the only option where the black man was concerned. That any black yeah. man who wasn't mm. militant in 1970 was either blind or a coward. All right, well, he said it. So, I mean, that's definitely the voice of someone who had to work for every single inch that he got and was definitely disillusioned in the system that only recently had really started taking care of him Yeah, and showing him any type of... But, I mean, he was one off of and got to look around and see everyone in his community not experiencing any of the same benefits and experiencing mostly what he experienced before he was right. made Goodwill Ambassador and things started to turn around. So, in his adult life, around the age of 32, he started smoking and smoked about a pack a day. Woo! 
Yeah, and he was hospitalized for lung cancer in December of 1979. Yeah, because you know those were unfiltered and everything. They were (laughs) hand-rolled. Yeah, so was hospitalized in December of 1979, and by... March on March 31st of 1980, he passed away from his lung cancer. Aww. So yeah, I mean that's the life and times of Jesse Owens. Uh, he left a very great legacy. Uh, he earned awards uh, posthumously, awarded after his passing. He's got a couple museums. There are parks named after him. That's awesome. Um, streets, stadiums. I'm I'm pretty sure there's a scholarship or two named after him. But I hope so. fabulous. Yeah, definitely did not have the easiest to go of it. And a lot of people, when they hear the story Jesse Owens, they're like, oh my God, he kicked Hitler's ass and all this great fanfare. But I -hmm. feel like not a lot of attention is paid to who he was before and and, and what he had had to experience just before he even got to that point. And then what he experienced after, it's, you know... He was not the athletic celebrity that he wasn't Babe Ruth or or the people that you think of. He had a one-off event where he did spectacularly, and then people stopped caring, essentially. Yeah, that's pretty uh, indicative of the time still. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, do you have resources? Oh, yes, I sure do. So my sources are Wikipedia. Bum, bum, bum. Always. Uh, uh, JesseOwens.com, Ancestry.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where I got, like, the profile, basic information of, like, his wife and stuff. Interesting. Um, OhioCentralHistory.org, Sports.JRank.org, and Time.com. Awesome. Time Magazine. Uh, Sam, that was great. Yes. Good job, Sammy. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Alrighty. Well, Sam, great job. Thank you for uh, keeping us very entertained. Yeah. I appreciate it. For sure. For sure. Cassie, what you got? Are you guys ready to get that shit? Depends on how expensive it is. (laughs) <laughs> you know what? I got you a deal. Oh. I got you a deal this time it's, around. Uh, it's bargain. Get that shit. Yes, it sure is. So. Thrifty. Would Thrifty. Billy Would Billy Mays buy it? That's what I need to know. Uh, I don't think that Billy Mays is cool enough to buy you this sh- shit. You shut your dirty whore mouth. <laughs> don't talk about the late, great Billy late, Mays great like Billy that. Billy Mays like that. He will, well, but wait, there's more you from the grave, bitch. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God, that's all you hear in a haunted house. But wait, there's more <laughs> right. all night long. That and the sham wow guy beating a hooker in the back oh room. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> well, this week, our Get That Shit comes from one of our listeners. What? Yes, Marissa. She up, sent us. A wonderful sticker collection. I'm so excited to hear this. The artist is Gage, G-A-G-E, H, as in Halloween, Designs. So if you go to GageHDesigns.com, you will experience his amazing product line. 
they are super sassy cryptid stickers. Oh <laughs> my god. So we have the Flatwoods Monster that Kaylee covered Again. not too long ago. There's a Flatwoods Flower. I love him. Yeah, what is so the booty? Like a cute, this is the Fresno oh Night Worker. <laughs> oh my Jesus. How much money have you spent on this already? Uh, I have quite a few in my cart. Okay, I'm wonderful. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, is that booty Mothman? Yes, it's oh. uh, Mothams. <laughs> oh my God. Mothman God. with a big old donk. We got the... Uh, so, Sam, this is going to be covering your car, just so you're aware. Right. See, yes. no, I don't think it'll be covering the car because me, personally, I feel like over-sexualizing these cryptids cheapens their <laughs> legacy <laughs> and really devalues who they are as cryptids if you just objectify them. Yes, oh my but God. everyone loves <laughs> the a big Thick booty Woods hoe. monster. <laughs> Asquat. Jesus. Oh, Asquat. Okay, I, we might get that. We have Asquat. the cake. Bender Man. The Bender Man and the Cakeness Monster. Oh my God. The Juicy Devil. God, Jesus. Uh, these are phenomenal. Oh, yes. They're phenomenal. There are <laughs> a couple of different prints and uh, so posters, and mm-hmm. then there are quite a few stickers. They range from like $1.50 to like $12, $15 for prints. Most of the uh, badass stickers are about $4. So get yourself a uh, Thickwoods Monster and Asquat sticker today. I don't know. I kind of like moth hams. I love moth hams. That's my favorite so far. Absolutely one of my favorites. Cassie (laughs) really needs moth hams. I do. I need mop hands. So thank you so much, Marissa. You are absolutely just the best doodle. Love you so much. Yes, we very much appreciate these. Very much. God, they're going to end up everywhere. 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 Oh, you can put them around your parents' house. Oh, my just, God. Yes. You know so how just back in the day people used to prank people with uh, pictures Nicholas of Nicolas Cage? Cage. You can yes. just in their put family those. pictures? Yes. yes. And just put those in random spots and watch your mom jump out of her oh skin. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Or see how long it takes her to notice. Yes. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Uh, I do have one more shout out. Absolutely. Today, Eric Gant from the Racing Thoughts podcast reached out to us the other day. What up? What up? Um, Eric has a absolutely fabulous podcast. It's about... Let me read you the description. The Racing Thoughts Podcast, a weekly audience-driven podcast discussing topics you care about. The highly opinionated host is here to discuss what's (laughs) trending. He talks a lot about different sports and things like that. So if you guys are into sports and... Sassy hosts. Yes. Yeah, he's a one-man uh, sports center. I, I, I mean, yes. Uh, he has had guests on the show. Oh. I watched. You can find him on YouTube and also on different Because he actually platforms. also has the face. We don't have that yes. aspect of it. We stick He's just really handsome. Specific. Yeah. Yeah. We just absolutely stay behind the microphone. We have the best type of face for podcasts. Yeah. We really do. Beautiful. Beautiful. Make sure you go check out the Racing Thoughts podcast. 
And while you are out on your little podcast adventures, you can find us as well as I'm sure our fellow podcasters out there. Um, we are going to be on Podbeam, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Breaker, Radio Public. Very new uh, Stitcher has been added to our list. iHeartRadio, as well as Amazon Music. So if you can't remember anything like I can't remember anything, you can find this entire list on our Instagram bio at GTS underscore podcast. While you are on your different listening platforms, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe all of the different podcast creators and content creators that you like. Because when you like, follow, and subscribe, it helps us to continue to grow our shit and give you the content that you love. Make sure that you visit our shiny new website that uh, is on our link tree that is also on our Instagram, all right? And then, just like Marissa, if you have any type of small business or anything that you want to hype up or a topic that you don't want to do homework on, let us know. Email us at GTS with Kaylee and Cassie at gmail.com. And uh, we'll get to work on it for you. Eventually. Eventually. We'll add it to the list. Give us homework. It's fine. Yeah, give us ho- we, some we homework. We actually asked for it. Yeah, and we'll pass shit off to Sam, too, I was going to say, oh, worst yeah. case, I'll look into it. <laughs> yes. If it's, like, highly difficult, we're pa- we'll pass it to we'll Sam. We'll pass it to Sam. Yes, yeah. yes. He's our intellectual on staff. He's our research assistant, only we just yes! have him do all of the research work. Research assistant Sam! Just one episode out of every ten at a time. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can handle a few, but when you got to step in, you got to step in. Yes. Well, thanks so much, Sam. Again. Yes. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for joining us. And thanks for having thank, me. Thank all of you. Thank all of the listeners for out there. Us. We appreciate you preparing your earballs and listening to GTM to our lovely voices. Yes. Bye. Well, love and light. Love and light. Bye. Bye.